Hi listeners, Ben here. I've got a quick request before we get to the episode. If you've been following along and like what you're hearing, please do take the time to leave a rating and a review. It might not seem like much, but it makes all the difference. Thanks for listening. Here's the episode. I miss the humidity, that wet heat tickling my skin, and the sharp cool right before the summer storm breaks, the thunder rolling on, raindrops chasing the skeeters away. Here's dry. The forests I drive through are one giant tinderbox, waiting for that fateful spark to set them ablaze. Wasn't so on the coast, though. It was plenty wet from the sea and the rain and the fog. Scenic Byways, Episode 5, Foggy Coast. I'm in the thick of it now. Been patches of fog since I hit the Cascadia coastline, casting everything in an eerie glow. This one just won't let up. Summer hadn't quite come here yet. Not that I mind, though. There's something common about the fog, the way it wraps old stars up like in a blanket. Just wish I could see the road. Hopefully it clears before I hit the bridge across the Columbia. You know how I feel about bridges. You were always wanting to take a trip to the old Oregon coast. I remember you had that calendar picture of Haystack Rock for the month of June. It stayed June for a while where you had it hung all through the summer. You never did change it over, did you? If I close my eyes, I can still see it there. Shouldn't be closing my eyes, though. I couldn't see the coast at first for the fog but it cleared about halfway across the causeway before the bridge, and then there she was, all sunny and on display, the old Oregon coast, the start of her at least. I didn't plan on taking her south. It's tricky on the coastal roads, and you can't trust too many bridges. The first one seemed sturdy enough though, a sea green truss, not a sign of rust on her. I drove over her and into Astoria, the Victorian houses still standing, paint unpeeled. 
She looked a quaint town as I passed through the main street, but I didn't feel much like stopping. Of course, it rarely matters what I feel like. Events tend to take on a course of their own these days. Hmm. Streets are clean, but nobody's out, despite the fine weather. Crazy how there ain't a cloud in the sky after all that fog. Just my luck, the fog had settled on the inland road out of town, too. The one that ran alongside the Columbia. Only short bridges that way, at least. I'd just have to go slow, turn on the low beams. Can't be too careful in that soup. Don't know what you run into, or who. There goes one more. Dazed and wandering, wearing that same traditional folk dress. I wonder what they're hearing. What it is that's got them shuffling along this road away from Astoria, swaying back and forth like that. What's that quote? And them that were dancing were thought crazy by those that couldn't hear the music? Well, I'm the last person to judge another's sanity. I saw a fair bit in that fog out of town. Soft glowing lights to the sides, flickering like campfire flames. Large shadows and shapes. Something that appeared like a massive serpent swimming above old stars and I. Then I started seeing the people. Vest and breeches on the men, blouse and colorful skirt on the women. Off to the side of the road, must have seen a good couple dozen in total, each one alone. They draw up out of the fog as I drove along, their backs to me, headed out of town, swaying back and forth. I didn't recognize it as a dance at first. Seemed more like the prelude to a permanent collapse. I stopped for the first few, but they kept trudging past, slowly, paying old stars and I no mind disappeared right back into the fog ahead. Didn't see the same one twice. Once they were back in that fog, they were gone. The next few or so, I got out and tried reasoning with, the fog seeping into me, chilling me deep, enough to envy those that had built the fires. For all that, the trudgers acted like I weren't even there just kept swaying along to some far-off tune only they could hear. So I quit stopping. Drove on the wrong side, gave him as wide a berth as I could when I passed. Kept creeping through the fog. Here's another one coming up. Hunched over, long white hair hung down to her waist, much slower than the rest, and much older from the looks of it. Still swaying. Can't imagine she'll last a whole lot longer out here in these conditions. Fog's clearing ahead, though, it seems. Good. She can't disappear on me now. I'll just pass through the last of it and... Hmm. Now, this is a new one. Even for me. Sea green trusses above, not a sign of rust on them, 
Victorian houses on the slope in front, paint unpeeled. I was out of the fog all right, and back on the bridge into Astoria. The sun hung up in the exact same place in the sky, and no sign of the older woman. Not for the long while I waited, at least. What else for, I can't really say. I guess I knew she wouldn't be coming. The sun didn't budge a degree, and I didn't get a bit thirstier or hungrier. Time seemed stuck. Eventually, I drove on, down the same road through the deserted town, back through the same fog, seeing the same flickering flames, passing the exact same trudging people, then the older woman, and arriving right back on the bridge. Legs not a lick stiffer, belly not a mite emptier, sun still in the same place in the sky. I drove through that inland fog more times than I'd care to admit before I tried for the coastal route. The bridge there was a stone's throw from the sea green one, yet the same fog hovered over her. Only the town seemed spared the gloom. It was a quicker loop then, a few minutes through the thick of it before I was right back on the sea green bridge. The whole town was closed in by the fog, it seemed. For all that expended effort, I figured I might as well find out why. Have you just arrived? Where have you come from? How have you come? The truck, ma'am, from the north. Truth told, I'm fixing on leaving as well. Just can't seem to get the hang of it. Fog seems to want me to stay. You wouldn't know anything about that, would you? I drove through the town again. There weren't many places to park an 18-wheeler, so I stopped in the middle of the street. Not like anyone else was using it. I lumbered out, my knees stiffer than I thought. That's when I heard it clearly. What I'd have heard before if it had occurred to me to listen. When did I ever listen, though? Yeah, there were other hints besides the calendar, of course. When we'd pass by the gulf, you'd say it was warm like bath water, that you'd rather take a cool dip in the Pacific. And the wine clubs, you joined more than a fair few, said it'd pay off when we visited the vineyards in the Willamette Valley. Yeah, I guess I could have been more perceptive. Definitely could have done a better job listening. I was the talker, still talking now. Some habits stick harder than others. And you can't teach an old dog new tricks, can you? The music was coming from the hills out of town, rolling down past the Victorians and out to the water, petering out over the rocky beach. Well, if there was music, stood to reason someone was making it. I got back into Old Stars and lowered the windows, followed the music up the incline, the town's roads, some of the nicest I'd seen in a long while. I passed more houses, all in good repair. 
followed the bends around at the park. That's where they all were, the dancers and revelers, the music makers. Hello there. Hello, you're just in time for the celebration. I can see. It's quite the shindig you've got going on. What's the occasion? It's the midsummer, the longest day of the year. There's plenty of food if you're hungry or if you'd rather join the dancing. She didn't finish the thought before a jovial man came from the side, grabbed my arm, and guided me toward the center of the park where a pole was raised. Sun was still shining high in the sky, bathing the clearing in bright light. A couple hundred people were gathered there, all in the same folk dress worn by the wanderers in the fog. Some sang, some played instruments, most danced all lively, energetic, the exact opposite of the poor lost souls that were probably still trudging down that foggy road. The pole was tall, 30 feet most likely. Across at the top, two hoops hung from either side of the horizontal beam. The whole thing covered in vines and vegetation, green from top to bottom. Across the way, one of the dancers kept glancing over. She was young. I'd place her in her 20s. Almost all of them danced with others, hands clasped in groups or doubles. She was alone. She seemed friendly enough, a wide smile on her face. The man and I made our way to the pole and the circle of dancers going around it. He started up with them and I felt compelled to join in. Couldn't tell you why, my feet just seemed to jig about of their own accord. Felt like I'd known the steps forever, like they'd been discovered and locked away in a long forgotten dream. By truck? Over the roads then. What have you seen? All manner of things. Wouldn't properly know where to start. No. In the fog. What did you see in the fog? People. A couple dozen or so. They seem fixed on leaving too, only I don't imagine they'll get so far on foot. Could you... Would you... Take me to them. We danced around that pole for what seemed like ages. The smiles never fading, the music never faltering. My legs were as limber as ever. After a while, how long I couldn't tell, the young woman made her way over to me. I looked over to the man who had 
shepherded me in, but he was well absorbed in the dancing. When she came near, the young woman smiled, grabbed my hands, and spun me to the tune. As soon as she touched me, I felt the fatigue set in, my knees near giving out, the sweat drenching my clothes, and yet I couldn't stop dancing, like my feet were stuck in that jumping jig of their own accord. The woman was smiling, though, as energetic as ever, only now it was more a nervous smile. A lot of expectation seemed to be packed into it. She started asking her questions, more than her share curious about how I came into Astoria and my plans to leave. She said there was a way through the fog, only I had to take her with me. She could guide me through. Well, all right then. Soon as I agreed, she led me out of the circle and I collapsed to the ground. It took more than a moment before I could stand and hobble back to old stars, her beside me, supporting me part of the way. The entire time, the sun hung up in the exact place, beating down on us, never budging. And then, we were off. You live here in town? I did. I do, I mean. It's just been a while since I've been back. Back? Never mind. You were saying? I wasn't saying much. She asked me to describe the swaying trudgers, but for some reason, I can only remember their colorful folk dress, the same she had on. Couldn't recall a thing of their faces. The memory of them seemed locked away in that same forgotten dream. As we drove through the main street out of town, she had her face pressed against the window, gazing at the storefronts going by. An odd duck, that one. She pointed at some shop across the way, face lit up with delight, and that's when I saw the small gold ring on her finger. I hadn't noticed it when we were dancing. She darkened quick when I asked her about it. My wife. She was one of the first to leave. We danced together, hand in hand, and then... I danced alone. For so long. But now you've come. Is she out there? In the fog? Well, okay then. Let's go find her. Someone once told me the hardest part of communication is listening. Not planning your response, not thinking about your next meal, the movie you're keen to see. Actually listening. Wish I could tell you who it was, but you know me. Whoever said it, I wasn't really. Careful, Chief. Stop yet. Men? 
Minnie? Minnie? It's not her. If she's on this road, we'll find her. Went that way more than a few times. Too many, I would think. Even from behind, even with everyone wearing the same clothes, shouldn't she recognize her wife? Couldn't she? She was shivering pretty bad, though I had the heater on high. The serpent swam over us and gave her a start. She didn't go for the door, though. We passed the tenth far-off fire, the last of them I had counted from my previous passes through. I told her we were almost out of the fog, that all that was left was the old woman. Didn't faze her, though. She seemed, well, I wouldn't say worried, anxious, maybe, trepidatious. Is that even a word? I'd look it up, but... She started humming absentmindedly, the same tune they played by that pole. I was going slow, barely a crawl. A figure drew up out of the fog in front of us, the last of them. Her long white hair hung down to her waist, swaying back and forth, dancing, slow, labored, but still in near-perfect time to my passenger's humming. We were almost beside her when I felt a twitch, a hint of that folk dance, and slammed on the brakes before my feet could jig about of their own accord. The dancer kept humming, not saying a word. I didn't speak neither, just listened. teach an old dog new tricks. But an old dog can certainly learn new tricks. They put their mind to it. There lies the difference. The motivation has to come from within. You can't change unless you want to. And you won't want to unless you have to. Too comfortable staying the same otherwise. I had all that opportunity to listen before. Now, I should have listened to you then. Chalk that up as one more regret amongst many. I'm learning now to listen. Not as fast as I'd like, though. Not enough. If I'd have better listened to that woman, maybe I could make more sense of what happened on that foggy road. Can you forgive me? 
The old woman turned, swaying on her feet. I can't describe her face, but the smile she gave the dancer will haunt me for a while to come. There was forgiveness in that smile, and love and warm memories, and not a thought of the fog or the trudging or the swaying. She took the dancer's hands and laughed, and before my eyes, the dancer's hair grew wide and long, hung down to her waist, and then, hand in hand, the two grayed women walked down that cold road, heads high. I got out, of course, hollered over to them, offered them a ride. I was headed that way as well, and the old woman, Minnie, that is, she'd been walking a long time from all signs. They couldn't hear me, though, or else they weren't listening. Two lost in each other, reunited after what must have been ages. They walked through the break in the fog, disappeared down the road. No sooner than they did, the fog started to dissipate. I could make out the road ahead, no sign of them or anybody, but it was clear, clear enough at least. So I got back up into Old Stars and started down her. Didn't get very far, only this time it wasn't for the fog. The first turnout came upon me quick, but I didn't even think. I maneuvered old stars around, no easy task on a two-lane road. I managed, though. Drove back toward Astoria. Didn't see any of the other trudgers, or the far-off fires, or that serpent. They all went away with the fog. Just clear roads straight into the town. The sun was low in the sky when I got back, the sunset drawn near. Already the coastal clouds had taken on an orange tinge. The longest day of the year was coming to a close. Time had finally caught up with Astoria. Don't hear the music now. Don't hear anything, really. Except the ocean. Yeah, I can hear that. The main street was cracked to hell. I'd place that on the salty air and time. The stores that entranced the dancer an hour before had collapsed, only rubble to mark their places. The Victorians still stood, good craftsmanship there. The paint had long since peeled, though, the underlying wood bleached white by the sun. I drove past them all, right by that sea green truss, clear of fog. Only now, she weren't sea green, but a brown rust, partially collapsed as well. I thought for a second I might have been wrong to turn around, that maybe the coastal road south would be impassable, the only thing to greet me, more collapsed bridges. I knew I had to try, though to make up for everything, somehow. And if I couldn't show you the Oregon coast, well, I could at least let you hear her. Were you listening? Haystack Rock. That calendar didn't do her justice. Massive thing. 
rising out of the sea like nothing. There are these crazy-looking birds, like a cross between a toucan and a penguin. Hundreds of them, all nesting on it. Seagulls get along with them just fine. It's early morning. Tide's far out. I can walk right up to the rock. I wish you were here. I wish you could see her. I really do. For all that talk of avoiding bridges, there were very few down the Oregon coast. I did finally run into a collapsed one just north of Coos Bay. Took the inland road then, linked up with what was once I-5. Pretty soon after, saw a sign that read, Scenic Byway, Crater Lake, next right. Of course I took it. The roads since have been passable enough. I've had to stop a few times, mostly to clear fallen trees. I've gotten decent at that. But I'm making progress. I'll be at Crater Lake soon. Could use the bit of water. Here is dry. It won't be winter when I get there, but I'll still recognize her, I'm sure. Wizard Island off to the side. The whole place was covered in snow in that picture in your calendar. December, was it? Yeah. It stayed December for a while where you had it hung all through the winter. You never did change it over. The lake will be different in the summer. I'll let you hear her too. Although she might not be as noisy as the coast. Audio can only account for so much. I'll tell you what I see then when I get there. I'll try at least to do her justice. I like to think I have a way with words. Though I should probably lay these tired cliches to rest. I think I can manage that much. Give you the kind of description the place deserves. I'm motivated enough. This old dog's got a few new tricks in him yet. You'll see. Scenic Byways is written, directed, and produced by me, Ben Sembler. In order of appearance, this episode features performances by Jason Culp, Sammy Lappin, and Liesl Jackson. The theme music was composed by the incredibly talented Rosie Tucker. For a full list of credits, as well as transcripts and other material, visit the website, scenicbywayspodcast.com. Sign up to the newsletter, and be sure to follow us on Twitter, at scenicbywayspod. That's scenicbywayspod. And on Instagram, at Scenic Byways Podcast. And if you liked this episode, please do take the time to give us a rating and a review. They honestly help so much. Thanks for listening. Drive safe.